what is up everybody i just want to do a quick intro here to let you guys know that this is the debut episode of the fix with david wallace and david wallace is right here with us and david has arthur pavlowski as his first guest so david how are you how you how you feeling today i'm uh, feeling a little bit better been getting over a, uh, a bit of a cold here but uh, ready to rock and roll and i think that having arthur on today is a very important thing to do especially uh, considering how tight the election is if we can provide a little bit of clarity and that might help inform people's votes i think it's a good thing i do as well so it's election day in alberta take it away david again this is the premiere episode of the fix off to you buddy well thank you very much and uh, welcome to the fix uh, i'm sure we'll have plenty of hiccups in the first few episodes as we uh, iron this thing out and get it dialed in but today i wanted to start off with somebody important uh, mr arthur palowski the uh, controversial figure um, both good and bad in alberta many people will swear that mr palowski is a uh, 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 diverse individual who is uh, spreading chaos in the province others will argue that he is a solid community member who feeds the homeless and uh, loves his country i think that we're going to get down to the nitty-gritty today and uh, we're going to figure out who mr arthur Pulowski is and more importantly exactly what he was promised by the premier of alberta danielle smith uh, mr Pulowski, uh, i welcome you to the fix and uh, glad you could be here. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Absolutely. I think it's uh, very important. So, um, again, I realize it's election day, so you're extremely busy. Um, how is the uh, election so far on the ground? What are your, your thoughts and feelings and your sense of what is happening? Well, I think this is the most bizarre crazy election i have ever ever observed and i was part of about 15 personally 15 elections i was part of uh, big teams we've elected members of parliament mlas aldermen so this is the weirdest of them all i'll tell you why because in some writings they refuse to have town hall meetings and debates just nothing zero you're not allowed to come with other candidates and present yourself, um, your policies, what you are all about. Another uh, not so uh, much bizarre uh, thing is that this country, unfor unfortunately, has become two parties, sometimes three parties politics. No one else is wanted or needed or important no one really cares about anybody else the mainstream propaganda as i call them are only promoting the first three parties so it's a revolving door of insanity if you will when you're a schizophrenic or bipolar you always go back you know up down up down so here is the politics of western civilization you've got in canada a conservative party then uh, if you don't like them after a few years of them you know making havoc uh, and destroying everything they touch uh, not being conservative then you've got the liberals and then if you're not happy with them then perhaps you can balance this unhappiness with the communist and socialist ndp and that's what i have observed for since i emigrated to this great country of ours and that frustrates me for example we had a leadership debate no other leaders were allowed to participate that's that's dictatorship that's tyranny that's what exactly i saw growing up it was just pretty much one party line if anyone else wanted to participate it would be destroyed murdered punished taken to court so the conversation with daniel uh, smith I'm, I'm sure you are going to ask those questions later on i just want to tell you that they got so scared about what i have that they removed my youtube channel with that conversation altogether like completely wiped out gone not surprising i've noticed that the conservative party or what passes for the conservative party of canada today has become very closed door to conservative values to me it seems 
that, especially in Alberta, um, the bait and switch is on. We, uh, we talk about Danielle Smith and UCP and uh, how they ran on a populist movement, anti-vaccine, anti-restrictions. However, um, in all the time they've been in power, I certainly don't see any laws that have been inactive. Do you feel that it was a bait and switch and that they intend to govern no differently than the, uh, the federal government does? A total lie. This whole thing, Daniel Smith runs. So let, let me just go back a little bit, okay? Absolutely. So Canada has never seen a level of tyranny that we experienced in the past three years. So Canadians are completely oblivious to what we're trying to communicate with an average Canadian, average Albertan. As a Polish immigrant, I grew up in hell. You visited uh, countries that were run by a totalitarian regime. So you understand what I'm trying to communicate. Those governments are evil, wicked. There's no freedoms. It's only what they decide. So if they decide to give you freedom for today, you got it. If something changes in their mind or they don't like you, you go to Gulag, to Siberia or prison or psych ward. I mean, that's communism, that's socialism, that's fascism. So Canadians completely do not understand what is happening. And Daniel Smith, she was a host of a very popular in Alberta radio host, but not once she came to support us. Not once she marched with us. We've done over a hundred rallies in Alberta alone, over a hundred rallies when sometimes we had 15 to 20,000 people marching with us during the lockdowns, during the, the fake uh, scare tactics by her government. We're not talking about liberal government. We're not talking about the NDP communist government. We're talking about the so-called conservative government that locked us like animals, muzzled our children, murdered our elderly, uh, passed laws to forcibly inject our elderly, and thousands died because of it, because of coercion and other things. So that's the UCP, United Conservative Government. And Daniel Smith comes... And she says, I am for freedom. She comes and she says, if you vote for me, I give you my word that I'm going to bring amnesty bill. We have still, as I speak today, over 3,000 Albertans subjected to the COVID tyranny. Over 3,000 people like me that were without mercy ticketed by her government, taken to prison, taken to courts and are still facing enormous amounts of penalties by her government, the conservative, so-called conservative government. So Danielle Smith comes as a hero. She comes as a savior. She says unvaccinated people were the most persecuted people I've ever seen. The next day she back paddles, panics. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry. I, I, I'm apologizing. She says, I'm going to bring amnesty bill. Then a few months after. So we've elected her. You got to understand how everything was unfolding. Danielle Smith was hated by the left by the promises she made. And that's very important for people to understand. When she made those promises, I'll bring amnesty. I'm going to protect unvaccinated. I'm going to restore those that lost their jobs. I'll bring them back to work. I will be your hero that you were waiting for. The left flipped. They hated her and they fought her every way, every step of the way. So we supported her. We, the freedom people that marched against this government, because we thought that by voting for this individual, we're going to get back our freedom. Hmm. That was the only reason. Daniel Smith won the leadership on a sixth ballot, the last ballot, only by a hair tread, hmm. okay, by few votes. So now she's in power and we are all waiting. I am. I was charged over 40 times for feeding homeless during the fake pandemic, for keeping the church open, inciting people to come to illegal gatherings, my church services, feeding the poor, saving lives. All of that was unacceptable. I organized a Christmas celebration. That was against the law. 15 covered tickets. I had carolers. That was against the law. Singing was against the law. Feeding the poor, giving gifts, having parents at home, having my brother for coffee, tickets, tickets, police, harassment, bylaws, detectives. I was hunted down every step of the way, invaded. They broke the criminal code 176, 1, 2, and 3. 
entered our holy sanctuary against the law. No one cared. They are gangsters in uniform, supported by evil, wicked entity called the justice system. So Danielle Smith knows all of that. She wins the leadership because of us. And then suddenly she comes and says, oh, by the way, I'm not going to I'm not going to fulfill my promise. And then she lies to the people. And I think that's the most frustrating part at least for me, for a, for a clergyman, for a Christian, when someone comes repeatedly and promises you one thing and then openly in your face lies to you and lies to the people. So she says, well, oh, by the way, there's nothing I can do about it. That's a lie. And, and this is the frustration I have. People do not understand that what she's saying is a simple lie. For example, she passed a sovereignty act. Of course, she's not using it, but she, she passed it within an hour. The same way with the majority government, she could pass the amnesty bill. And this horror for thousands of Albertans would be over. She could do that. But then instead, she gets pressured. She caves in. She comes on television and she says, well, by the way, there's nothing I can do about it. Uh, sorry, sorry. Uh, I know I promised you that. And at that point, I did a press conference at the ledge. And I said, if that's the case, resign. I mean, simple like that. You were elected based on those promises. That's it. Full stop. You cannot fulfill them. Resign. And we will vote for someone that will have the balls, will have the strength, the courage, the boldness to do what that individual promises. But that's not Danielle Smith. She's a flip-flopping political pancake half-baked. She will tell you one thing in the morning. She will change her mind in the evening. And for whatever crazy reason, which I do not get, People are okay with that. And then comes the promises. The promises personally to me. So before she was elected uh, to be the leader of the uh, United Conservative Party, she came to me and said that I'm, I'm asking for one thing from you. Because I was a very prominent freedom you know, individual. Um, I was called the Canada's pastor. I was part of the freedom convoy um, i was supporting them i was feeding the truckers i was doing everything in my power and i'm very proud of it i'm not ashamed of that i said that to the courts i said that to the public i am a proud canadian that i supported the freedom uh, truck convoy the farmers and the truckers it was the most uh, incredible thing that i ever participated in this in this country it was it was so amazing beautiful and I think so, that's important in terms of the convoy. I think it's important to get right off Jump Street. I believe that you are sincere in your beliefs. And to me, that is the hallmark of an honest man. I don't share all of your beliefs, but I respect an honest man. I may not respect, I may not follow or subscribe to their beliefs, but regardless of how you feel about somebody, if they're honest, they have credibility. I feel you have credibility, and I feel that credibility is at the heart of this entire election in Alberta. I feel that the entire province was baited and switched by a movement, and that movement is principally called Take Back Alberta, which is not concerned about mandates. They're concerned about power and control. Uh, if the Conservative Party of Canada or the United Conservative Party were at all concerned about mandates, um, wouldn't Pierre Polyev have canceled the rally that he had where he had thousands of unvaccinated people waiting outside of a rally who were not allowed into the building? Pierre Polyev, not a peep, not a peep, would not let them in the building. Me personally, if I was standing up as the uh, rights and freedom candidate, I would simply have canceled that rally and moved to another venue. That's me. I feel that... Uh, if you're going to present yourself as an alternative, the least you can do is actually practice what you preach. And what I would say is, I don't think there's any difference at all between the United Conservatives, the uh, Conservative Party of Canada, and any other slick business. I, I think that they're in this for themselves. And I think the fact that many UCP insiders made a fortune selling PPE and medical supplies yeah. during the pandemic, the entire story. I think Alberta is about to make a ter terrible mistake. They, they're voting against the NDP because they're afraid of socialism. I think they ought to be afraid of the mafia because that's what, in my opinion, 
this conservative movement. There are no conservatives anymore. This is not a movement. This is a slick uh, power play and a coup that has taken place in Western Canada. Yeah, 100%. I agree. So someone just commented that if uh, Danielle Smith was willing to fulfill her promises that would make her dictator and and how many times i've tried to educate people about the the justice system she could pass an amnesty bill are you getting it i mean it's so simple that doesn't make her a dictator that means that her majority government could come and undo the evil that was done by jason kenny by reversing the tickets and passing the amnesty bill legally uh, using the legal system using the justice system using democracy the people that we've elected that doesn't make her dictator that makes her actually a person that keeps her promises that elected her uh, the ndp government in british columbia for example is doing this on a regular basis for example the uh, justice minister of british columbia send a message to all crown prosecutors and the um, law enforcement agents telling them do not prosecute or arrest people with certain amount of drugs so he went actually against the law but he directed the justice system not to go after those people and, and so suddenly that's not the dictatorship you know open your eyes and your ears people because it's so frustrating you keep coming with this garbage which is not true that she couldn't do anything that would make her a dictator no that would make her a leader that actually keeps her promises that elected her so going back to the bribery political bribery nothing new under the sun those things happen all the time in the political realm my, my beef is for me that was, that was my job. Bribe. Well, uh, Mail, steal, whatever. I'm a fixer. I, this is, is the way politics is run. That's right. So, you know, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I get it how politics works. So you do this for me. I do that for you. That's, that's normal. That's how it's done. And all different nations, that's why you've got ambassadors in different countries. They make deals for a better economy, better things. So I'm not, my beef with Danielle Smith is not that she came and tried to lure, you know, lure me into her government or, or try to you know, get me out. So the first interactions after the wild rose and her crossing the floors because i was part of forming the the wild rose at the very beginning i was part of that uh, a group of people there uh, supporting it spreading the word around uh, so when she crossed the floor she murdered a grassroots freedom movement uh, those years ago and um, so when she came to me again after i was released from prison that was i was locked by her government for giving a sermon to the truckers in Kutz, where the roads were open when i left the roads were open i never once said block the streets i said hold the line stand for your god and state given rights do not quit it was, i was standing on a private property with people that came to a private property i told them three times do not use violence this is not a violent uprising this is a solidarity style movement so just stand for your rights and do it for the kids they don't have enough tyrants enough police officers to remove million albertans if albertans want to be free that's that was my rhetorics and of course a reference to alamo was we are willing to die for what we believe in and christians throughout the history were willing to be burned on the stakes and crucified but we are not willing to kill for our faith that's a different religion that is willing to do that islam kills for the religious christians are willing to die for what we believe that's the that's the difference so do anyway believe, do you she believe, said, do you believe and this is important do you believe that your religious beliefs and that the beliefs of your followers and many, many other Albertans were exploited by these people who never had any intention, any intention of, 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 of changing things that they used you much like Jeremy McKenzie was used by Pierre Polyev. And uh, once they, they got the segment of the populations, those loyalties that you were just cast aside, do you believe that? 
100% approve it to you. So we have um, Premier Daniel Smith uh, catering to the Christians and the freedom people with the rhetorics that resonate with people that have been subjected to tyranny. And she uses the language, I'll set you free, I'll bring amnesty, um, there will be Christian uh, protection, um, I will come and, and she said that publicly, I will come to the pastors that were arrested and I'll personally apologize, there will be recompensation for what was done. We spend millions of dollars in legal fees defending ourselves. We've lost so much because of her government. So when she was talking, we will protect Christians, we'll protect your freedoms, we will enact acts, uh, we will bring laws, um, unvaccinated will be protected, reinstated. So of course she was luring us into what we want, which is, in the end of the day, I'll tell you what we want. We just want to be left alone. And I said that thousands of times to the authorities, leave me alone, people. You don't have to believe what I believe in. Leave me alone. I just want to feed the poor, which I feed thousands of people for the past 24 years. I just want to be a pastor. You don't have to listen to me. You don't have to come to my church. You don't have to uh, receive what I'm offering on the tables. Don't. If you don't like what I do, don't come. But there are thousands there are literally thousands of people that we support and they appreciate what we give. So just people, leave me alone. But they couldn't. So Danielle shows up and she says, if you don't run for political office. In other words, I was so popular and they got so scared that they thought I might become a politician. And I'm telling you, when I was locked in a solitary confinement in metal cages like an animal, just like the Russians were doing, I thought to myself, uh, they're going to finish me off. When the five inmates came, publicly talked to my lawyers, and they said that the guards were giving them incentives to murder me in prison, I decided I have to do something radical. I have to do something different. So I announced I'm going to run for political office. Daniel shows up and says, if you don't run, if you do not run for political office, I'm going to give you a $250,000 salary and you will be the chair for the public inquiry, uh, how the COVID craziness was unfolding. And, and that sounds awesome. I mean, I would take that job in a heartbeat. However, there was one catch that whatever I find, if I find some dirt on the politicians, if I find that what they did was overreach and was a lie or whatever I find, I am not allowed to disclosure that. I'm not allowed to do anything. I have to give it back to the government. So the government wanted to hire me to find dirt on the government that I was not allowed to make public or say anything. And I had to bring my findings back to the government that, of course, would not be prosecuting uh, themselves. It was a joke. So that's what I said. You people are crazy. This is a joke. You just want to buy me off. And I'm not I'm not a whore of Babylon. I'm a pastor. I'm not for sale. I don't do this for money. And what I said, I said at the very beginning, when elected, just to prove my point, I will not be taking a salary. I said to the people, when elected, I'm going to donate every dollar from the taxpayers to the community to save lives. Because I wanted to make a statement. I wanted to show people that we've lost sanity in a political realm, that those people are doing this for not just for the spotlight, not just for the um, for the title, if you will, for the chair, but they're doing this for incentives, pension, money, bonuses. Uh, it's, it's totally crazy. It's a business. That's what it is. It is, it is a, a fact. Do you believe that Jason Kenney, do you believe that when Jason Kenney was forced out, that uh, take back Alberta basically gained de facto control of the province? I 100% believe that the freedom movement was infiltrated by them for one purpose, one purpose only, to keep the entity, the tyrannical government that did this to us in the first place in power. That's the whole game. We will use every, everything in our power. We will manipulate, lie, cheat, steal, threaten, arrest people. That's their motto to keep those people like Tyler Chandra. Look at this. Daniel Smith comes into power 
And then the first thing she does, instead of protecting us and actually fulfilling her promises, she enacts and brings back the very people that did this to us. Tyler Chandra was the minister of health that sent Gestapo to shut down our churches and our restaurants, our businesses. Now he was greatly rewarded for that Nazi-style operative uh, by Jason Kenney. He becomes the minister of justice. So the very minister that was prosecuting us, persecuting us, Christians, becomes the agent that has the power to finish us off. It's insanity. Nothing I've to see here. Right? And then see here. Got, it's ridiculous. Then you've got um, Jason Copping, the, now uh, the Minister of uh, Health, brought back into power. Then you've got the Nixon Mafia Brothers, as I call them, the, the most corrupted human beings in this province. They are back in power. Then you've got Casey Madu. Casey Madu was a previous Minister of Justice, and he comes public and he says that what was done to us, Albertans, had nothing to do with science, but it was politically motivated. He said that. It was all about control. How Daniel Smith rewards him? She brings him, the very man that did this to us, she brings him back into the position, uh, the second most powerful position in the province, which is Deputy Premier. Casey Madu is the Deputy Premier. Then we've got the arrest of me and my brother David in the middle of the highway. And two days later, Jason Kenny with other snakes party at the Sky Palace. They're caught red-handed for breaking their own rules, mandates, and restrictions, but nothing to see here. You see, one law for the pastors and the Christians and the stupid Albertans, the slaves, and another law for the elites. Um, you will eat bugs and you will own nothing while they are eating in Sky Palace, flying jets and driving SUVs and eating Japanese steaks. So, that was my beef with this government. And I hope that when Danielle comes, she's going to clean the house. But she did exactly opposite. Then came the bribery. So I became the leader of a political entity here. And uh, she sent a few more people uh, to come to my home telling me that if I if I choose not to expose, uh, there you go, the Sky Palace hypocrites, right? That Those are the ministers that are still in power under the Daniel Smith leadership. That tells you everything. And then um, they were telling me, if I don't talk about the corruption, then um, they're going to stay the charges and I'm going to be a free man. Here's um, what concerns me. I've, I've spoken to a lot of UCP uh, uh, insiders, people I used to do business with. I'm not a very popular figure with the UCP. Um, however, these people have told me that, that you have no influence, no connections, that you are lunatic fringe, that they never you. I happen to know that's bullshit because I've spoken within the UCP who were forthcoming and said that you were used and tossed aside like a condom in the gutter, that they uh, co-opted many of your followers and that you were blatantly lied to. But the statement that you have zero ties to the UCP, I find ridiculous on the face. I know that Rick McIver attended one of your uh, events in 2015. Um, this strategy oh, I- they have of distancing themselves from um, maybe you can talk about that for a moment yeah i think that you have a problem with your mic your mic is cutting in and out so I sorry is that, is that a little uh, better I, I don't know what's happening with your mic is um but um rick mckyber is it better now um not really uh sorry david uh log right out and then go back in again okay Did you hear me, David? Log out and go back in. Sorry about that, Audrey. Yeah, David's uh, uh, audio is a little bit tricky right now. But go ahead, continue where you were, where you left off. Yeah. So, if coming to um, different um, ministers or MLAs, I have been around for a very, very long time, and Rick McIver did not just attend one of my um, marches for Jesus, but he was a regular on uh, during those uh, different events. I was regular uh, at his events and that was, there was no secret. I was invited to, to see half of the parliament. I was um, the only clergyman that would attend barbecues with Stephen Harper uh, during the time when I still believed that he was a good man. And then of course, later I learned that he brought WEF 
that he was the young leader of Schwab uh, to destroy Canada. I didn't know all of that stuff. I was very naive. I thought that those people in politics, they actually mean well, that they want to save us. They want to protect us. They want to represent us. I was so, so naive. Like so many uh, Canadians are naive. They think that Pierre Polyev is a good man. Well, I'm telling you, he plays the same game, one coin, just different different sides of the same of the same um, entity um good cop and bad cop that's just a game that is being played if you don't vote if you don't vote for me for example uh, in alberta right now um we have this game that they're playing if you don't vote for us the bigger monster is going to eat your head and I remember immediately when I started to hear stuff like this, I remember historically, that's exactly what was done in Germany in early 30s. If you know your history, you know that the Nazi party was coming all the time and scaring German people, telling them, if you don't vote for us, the Nazis, well, the communists will finish you off. The communists will take over. And that's exactly what we are seeing right now. The UCP government is telling Albertans, lies to Albertans, that somehow they're better. How come they're better? Is the government that locked you like animals. Don't you get it? This government did this to you, not the NDP and not the liberals. It was the UCP government that was supposed to protect you with those people that are still in power that did that to you. Some people say, well, Danielle Smith didn't do that to us. It was Jason Kenney. However, the moment she took over leadership of that party, it's on her. Everything that is happening right now is on her. And you're absolutely right. They were using me. They were using others uh, for their own benefits. But that's just politics. Um, if you don't want to be inside the sewer manure in a sewer canal or human manure in a sewer canal, uh, don't enter. I just didn't see any other way for myself than to engage them like David engaging Goliath in an open field. So Danielle says, the day uh, she's going to set me free, uh, nothing happens. I'm waiting patiently. I was uh, approached about 10 times by different people um, about this situation. I had many conversations with other people around that I had very similar conversations with Daniel Smith personally. So I'm not the only one that she lied to. There's others very prominent within the freedom movement individuals that those things were promised to them face-to-face -face conversations not even um, a different backdoor um, deals so then um at what point uh, so i just wanted to check my mic is it is it working now it's better yeah now it's good at what point do you at what point do you think the true believers behind the freedom movement wake up and realize that the alternative, what is presenting itself as the alternative, is really absolutely diametrically opposed to your goals, that you were just being used for your votes and that they have absolutely zero intention, not just on a provincial scale, but on a uh, countrywide, North American-wide scale, that there is no alternative. When does that segment of the population wake up and realize that they're not supporting somebody who believes and shares their views? And I'm looking at it from the outside in. I'm not saying that I agree with the movement. I'm not saying that uh, I support these ideas. But what I am saying is um, it's clear to me that the freedom movement has been completely used as a, uh, as a weapon and they have been left high and dry, and that their goals are further away than ever at this point. I agree with you 100%. We were just used. And they're still, unfortunately, I thought when I marched with the people for the past two years, and I risked my life. I mean, there's no dispute that what they've done to me, they have not done to anybody in this country. I was charged over 40 times. My life was threatened on a regular basis. I was arrested um, as a show um, arrest. My trials were show trials and nothing to do with justice. I'm uh, uh, with few others. I was the first Canadian to receive a compelled speech order by the corrupted judge Adam Germain telling me that I must tell the party line 
or else I will go back to prison. So this has never been done to Canadians. Um, they were abusing us, never. attacking us. And I thought that those people that I was marching with um, are smarter. I thought that they're going to realize that this government, every person within this government has to go, like every single one of them. I don't care if you were just sitting, enjoying your bench. If you did not speak up, if you didn't protect us, you're not fit for this job. Get out and let others, grassroots neighbors, take over the government because at least we understand what the concept of being a politician, which means being a servant of the people, uh, actually means. It's all about. So I think the shocker was when I was approached by the multiple people from Daniel Smith in another meeting, and they said to me that if I joined the UCP, so in other words, Artur Pulaski, you marched with the freedom people, but if you joined this government that did this to you and to hundreds of thousands, millions of other Albertans, we will give you a guaranteed seat in this upcoming election. You will be placed in an area that historically always votes for the UCP, for the conservative, and you will be with us in the government. And I said, how can I do that? I am still on house arrest. I am still subjected to this tyranny in courts. I am facing criminal charges for simply delivering a church service. How can you offer me this without actually doing what you promised to start with? Set me free and then we'll come back to the table and we'll talk. And I said, other. Do you find it ironic? Do you find it ironic? I've, I've had some discussions with people um, associated with the liberal government and they told me that they thought reconciliation and amnesty would actually be in order. Do you find it ironic that the sitting liberal government were the ones who were willing to extend amnesty and move forward in, in a progressive way um, and not the conservatives who were supposed to be, I won't use the word conservative, sorry. That's a, I don't want to paint conservatives with a bad brush. I myself was a conservative yeah. and I still consider myself a man of conservative values, but there are no conservative parties that's anymore. Right. Um, do you not find it ironic that the UCP um, this party is the one that with the power of a stroke of a pen, they could grant That's amnesty, right. not just to yourself and people with extreme views, but anybody, small business owners who are just trying to make a living to feed their families. The pandemic was a very frightening time and a lot of things happened all at once. I think amnesty would certainly be in order for a great many Canadians. Isn't it ironic that, that the freedom party, so to speak, um, which could do this in an instant, won't revisit the issue, Canada, shows a willingness, a willingness to discuss affiliation and amnesty. Yeah, of course I find is this. Is that not at all ironic? It, it is. It is 100%. I mean, think about it. In order to move forward, in order for us to become one again, if you will, because we have been divided by the elites, the armed forces, and then the peasants, us, the people, uh, in order to bring some kind of a reconciliation, some kind of a unity, we got to be set free. There, th This issue will never go away. It will never go away as long as there are people subjected. For example, the pizza guy. I don't know if you're familiar with the restaurant. Without owner. papers? Without papers, that's right. He is still in courts and his crime, listen to me, his crime, according to the UCP government, according to the Daniel Smith government and the ministers that are still in power there, was that he fed people. That's his crime. He fed people without checking their vaccine passport. That insanity. He's still in court fighting for his entire life. His business was destroyed, wiped out, fenced, locked. Everything has been stolen by the UCP Daniel Smith government. And somehow, somehow, and this is what I do not get. Those people, those people that claim to be Christians, those people that claim to be freedom fighters are willing to vote those devils back in. That's beyond me. Now, you cannot claim that there is no options. We have over 100 candidates that are running in this election as in either independent 
or we formed a political entity called the Solidarity Movement of Alberta. And we did it within nine days. Can you imagine what we could do in four years for Albertans if we could pull this off within nine days? Nine days and we have a political party called Solidarity Movement of Alberta with 38 candidates on the ballot. And together with the independent candidates, we could form a government and we could bring sanity and freedom back to Albertans. We could revive the energy, dig that oil out. Why do we take unethical oil from Saudi Arabia where they murder people, throw homosexuals off the roofs and treat their women less than they treat their cows? Why do we take and give them money while we are... I've personally seen homosexuals thrown off roofs in, in Russia. Yeah, it, it could not be. A it, it could be, but... Um, not not in Alberta. I disagree with Well, it's you. coming. I think it's coming because I think the hate and division. I mean, I think the big stumbling block that people have is the hatred towards homosexuals, um, the, the, the language. And I'll agree that on both sides, it's gotten out of hand. Do you feel that this issue, this wedge issue is being blown out of proportion? It is being jammed in everybody's face as a distraction? It is. It is. Because if they are stealing, lying, cheating, manipulating and, and enslaving you, they need to give you a different uh, an enemy, if you will. They need to focus your attention not on what they are doing, but on what somebody else is doing. I feed homosexuals, transgender people for the past 24 years. I have a very strong... So you don't hate them. You don't hate these people. You may hate their behavior, but you don't hate people. I do not hate even my enemies. I do not hate Daniel Smith or Jason Kenney or those ministers. I'll call them names. I'll call them their bloody murders. I will use a very strong language to awaken Albertans, to awaken people. You see, use of strong language has a purpose. It has a purpose to slap you in the face so you can wake up. But I do not hate even my enemies. I may disagree with your lifestyle. I may be very vocal about disagreeing with your lifestyle. I will be opposing you, uh, you know, bringing that lifestyle upon me. I always said for decades, whatever you do in your bed, keep it to yourself. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to see it. I'm not interested in your sexual behaviors. I don't care. You want to sleep with a donkey? That's your business. I, why do I have to see this? Why do I have to be subjected to something that I don't want to see? And the same way, I don't march with my wife naked on the streets of Calgary, you know, uh, for, forcing other people to see my sexual preferences. Just leave us alone. That that was always my, uh, my beef with... Um, you know, with this craziness being forced upon us. Leave the children alone. Let the children be children. Leave me alone. Whatever you want to do, it's up to you. Uh, do, you know, be happy. Be respectful. I feed um, transgender people, guys dressed in women's clothes on a regular basis. They're hungry. My tables, which are God's tables, are for everyone in need. I don't ask. I never did. 24 years I feed the people. I don't ask about their political associations. I don't care where they came from. I don't care about sexual preferences. I don't care if they're rich or poor. If you're standing in my lineup, that means you need or you want what I'm giving, what I'm presenting to you. You can take that food and you can go. You don't have to stay. You don't have to listen to me. You don't have to be prayed for. That's freedom to me. A real freedom is that I can make my presentation, but you don't have to listen to it. And you can make your presentation. I don't have to listen to that. I'm not forced to listen to whatever uh, you, you're proposing. That's democracy. That's freedom. But we don't have democracy in Canada anymore. We do not have freedom in Canada anymore. If I don't align myself with you or others, then suddenly I'm a hater. Since when? Since when we cannot have um, a fiery conversation, a fiery argument, and then be friends? I, I have that with my wife. <laughs> I, I have a fiery arguments with my children, with my parents, with my brother. I don't hate them. I just disagree with them at that moment for that particular issue. But doesn't make that uh, of anyone that somehow if you disagree with what I believe in, I'm a hater. So I'm, I'm sipping a coffee here. Right. And I, you can see it or maybe you can see it. 
You see, I'm drinking, see I'm, I'm drinking my coffee with milk. Uh, that means I'm white supremacist. I mean, uh, well, look, here's what, what I'm concerned about. You know what happened? I, I think, I think that uh, the fact that you are helping people who are hungry is absolutely commendable. And, and personally, I could give a damn about somebody's motives if they're feeding the hungry. Those people are being fed, and that's all that matters. What's more concerning to me, especially in Alberta, is the fact that a movement, a third-party movement, a new one, Take Back Alberta, has managed to infiltrate the board of the party. I believe it's nine seats they have on the board. A well-funded third-party extremist movement has managed to move in and co-opt the entire province of Alberta. To me, Take Back Alberta meets all the definition of a homegrown terrorist organization. To me, that's terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. And it's not mentioned. It's not mentioned that the premier of Alberta is dancing around like a marionette with a hand stuck up her ass. She can't determine what her next move is until she's told. And I think if we allow these third-party political groups to continue to exert this influence behind locked doors that we're going to turn into a country nobody wants to live in. That's my belief. Yeah, so here today, in the province of Alberta, people are making their decision. And they're going to have a government. They're going to have a government, either the very one that did this to them in the first place. So they're going to have the same ministers that locked them like animals, arrested their clergymen and restaurant owners. They're going to have a government with highly corrupted ministers that didn't care about keeping the law equal. One law for me, one law for thee. They were caught multiple times breaking the same rules because the rules they taught do not apply to them, but they were forcing everybody else to submit to their wishes while they were hypocritical. They're going to have a government that is telling people that they are standing for the net zero, but not as fast as Justin Trudeau Castro wants. They want it by 2050. The NDP, in other hand, the NDP government is a psychopathic government. Those are communist and socialist, evil, wicked people. And, and I know that Canadians do not understand that because you've never faced such an evil entity in your entire life. So their rhetorics of you're going to have a pension, you're going to have incentives, welfare, free health care, and all of that stuff, it's appealing to you. I grew up behind the Iron Curtain. I grew up in communism and socialism. And we had free education. Okay, I want you to listen to this. We had free education. We had free health care. We had a free vacations um, paid by the slaves. Every single day you went to work and the only thing you worked for was a roof and you were chasing necessities of life. There was no capitalism. There was Government no, department. No, no free enterprise. There was nothing. And if you dare to say something against those tyrants, 50,000 communists were ruling over 36 million <coughs> Polish people. You were brutally tortured, arrested, and they would do a show trial. If that's what you want, NDP will deliver that to you. They will bring that to you. And then maybe perhaps you will understand why this pastor was using such a brutal use of language, calling them names, psychopaths, murderers, Nazis, communists, KGB, because I don't know what else to tell you to try to scare you from a real enemy. The UCP, the NDP, the Liberals, Alberta Party, they are all going the same way. Left, woke, communism, socialism. And that's the fact. They are telling you that you will be riding a bicycle while we literally are sleeping on oil, the black gold, and we can turn Alberta into a Saudi Arabia of North America. And that's what I promised. When elected, I'm going to bring, I'm going to revive that energy back. 
this notion of the earth is dying, we got to protect the global warming, the climate change, all of that is it has one purpose, to rob you and to enslave you. And here is a very fascinating part because Albertans will pay for their decision that they're making today. They will pay for that. I know that economically. I used to be a businessman and I know economy. I I was a very successful businessman. I made millions of dollars. I had many houses before and I've done a lot of businesses in my life. So economically, I'll tell you what is going to happen. They're going to continue robbing you and taking your toys away. I believe that within a very short period of time, 25% of Canadians are going to lose their homes because of the interest rates. They will simply will not be able to service the debts that uh, Canadians have. We are the worst in a worse position in the G7 countries. We have the biggest private debt. We have a huge national debt. We have huge provincial debt. It's insanity. They will not be able to service that any longer. I believe the fiat currency is going to lose more and more of its value. I believe that um, inflation is going to keep rising up and we're going to head into a depression. I believe that people are going to suffer greatly. I believe that either the NDP government or the UCP government is going to lead you into a great crisis. Why? Because their policies are heading the same direction. And it seems that no one is giving themselves a, a head shake saying maybe we should just give a chance to a new entity. Historically speaking, when you vote for a new political party, when you vote a new political party, let's say a miracle happens and people in Alberta actually are the, would understand what I'm trying to say, which they don't, but let's say they would, and they would vote for the, for the Solidarity Movement of Alberta. So we got 38 seats, plus we can align ourselves with 10 other, let's say, 10 other independent candidates. We form a government which becomes a, a majority government. We actually can reverse the evil, the bad that was done in the previous years and start separating ourselves financially or becoming independent more of Ottawa. Why do you know which is the which is the richest province within the confederation confederation is Ontario. Ontario is the richest mm -hmm. province within the confederation. Why do we give them billions of dollars? I don't get it. They are the richest. We are becoming the poorest, one of the poorest. So maybe we should reverse that situation. Why do we give <coughs> billions of dollars to Quebec? Uh, why? Because they're threatening to leave the confederation, then go. Go. Go and be married. You know what I find interesting about Quebec? They cut themselves a great deal as a province, and the rest of Canada takes out their frustration on Quebec when they should be speaking with Ottawa and cutting the same deal for themselves. You see, exactly. I think provincially, yeah. I exactly. agree. I, I agree with that. I think Alberta is absolutely right. But I think Ontario, Alberta, Quebec, I think every province should cut themselves the most advantageous deal. And I think through sheer incompetence, greed, and corruption that the provinces did not cut themselves good deals. Yeah, So, so I think Quebec got, gets a bit of a bad rap. So you've got Danielle Smith meeting with the prime minister and uh, this freedom lady, this freedom fighter, of course, that never attended one rally, never risked anything, never got even a little ticket during this tyranny, but was hiding comfortable, receiving a lot of money for her radio show. Um, I don't know if people are aware. You know that Daniel Smith with her partner, I don't know if they're married because she had so many men left and right. It's crazy. But the person that she's with now, I think they're married now. Um, you know, they sold everything they have in Alberta and they bought themselves a big property and are building a house in another country. That tells you everything. I'm not, oh, yes. selling. I'm not selling my house. I was offered millions of dollars to leave Alberta, millions of dollars to move to the United States. I'm not abandoning this province. Here is my home. I love Alberta. I have three children here. I want to have a good future for them. Not just incentives, not just money, but a country that they can have their children and their grandchildren. So she goes to a meeting with Justin Trudeau 
And she said, I am against the WEF, which, of course, she said multiple times before that she is all for it, the health um, uh, organization as well. And then she cuts a deal with that tyrant over there for the digital health ID. And yet, for some reason, for some crazy reason, people are so delusional. They're so um, mesmerized, a heavy delusion. I don't know how to explain that. It's like talking to someone that is, you know, took drugs and, and there is this chasm between us or someone that is completely drunk and you're trying to reason with that person, but you can't. So that's the heavy delusion I see in Albertans right now. And she comes back with a promise of billions of dollars for a digital ID. Don't you get it that those people are all the same doing the same things? And me, I'm suddenly the bad guy. Why am I the bad guy? Well, I am the bad guy that is trying to tell people the truth. My conversation, my phone call conversation with Daniel Smith, for example, she called me. I didn't call her. And yet everywhere in the media was that I called. No, I received the phone call. So that's the truth. Why, why can't we that just stick with the truth? I was receiving the phone call. And I was told by smarter people than me that when I'm talking to those types of high-ranking individuals, I should record it for my own protection. So they would not be able to say that Artopolowski was threatening me. Artopolowski was saying stuff. And no, here is a recording. Just I always get tape. Good move. Right? So that was the reason. But again, I was not the one that leaked it. It was stolen from me. I don't know. It's under investigation right now. We don't know what happened. And I think perhaps that's why my YouTube channel was taken down, because that would prove who got the link. What happened was when I recorded the conversation, I put it on the YouTube channel as a private. No one had access to it, except if I would send a link to that private recording. It was just for me and for my lawyers. Full stop. That's it. And I find it very interesting because when I came public about the conversation and there is investigation going on right now, the YouTube channel with the link is gone. So no one can actually find out who stole it or who actually leaked it. Is that not fascinating? I can't say as, uh, I can't right? say as I'm surprised. And I just got a note from my producer. We have about two minutes left because we kind of butted in on this last minute uh, um uh, podcast, but uh, the truth has a way of surfacing. And after speaking with you and my dealings with the individuals in the UCP, I will say that uh, I believe you. And uh, a man who speaks the truth, regardless of his views, is a man that you can trust. That's my belief. Um, I'd love to have you back on. I think you're a fascinating individual. I think you have a lot to say. I think a lot of it is extremely relevant. And uh, I'd like to have you back on. Um, we'll have some of the kinks ironed out. But uh, again, I think the important things Albertans need to take away from this conversation is the fact a private citizen was called by the premier and was promised certain things. Those things would theoretically circumvent the law. And that person needs to be held to account. In a free and just democracy, there can be no favoritism for justice. And uh, I believe that if we really want to see change, we need to start holding our politicians accountable. And I thank you for joining me. And I sincerely hope uh, you can join me again very soon so we can continue this conversation because I think it's extremely important for people to hear. Yeah, thank you so much. Just remember, when you tell the truth, you have only one story to remember. When you lie, like Danielle Smith, this is her fourth time that she changed her story. That should tell you everything you need to know about an individual. So thank you so much. I'll gladly come back and tell you the rest of the story. Be blessed and see you soon. Thank you very much. Well, David. <laughs> I, first of all, I just want to say uh, to all the people sending. Hey, how are you? Sorry, a few technical issues on our maiden. No, voyage. no, no, it's all good. Just for the people that have, um, I mean, ninety percent of the comments were were negative. The reason why we don't put them up 
uh, the reason why you know uh, that it what you didn't see um, the emotional angle by David, if I may speak for you for a second, is because first of all, this is his first first podcast. Second of all, we are big believers in the notion of just let them talk. You know, like like constantly challenging their views on like the LGBT stuff is a legit question. This was more a question of the Danielle Smith uh, story and and Mr. Pulowski. Like we were we weren't trying to, you weren't trying to you know go overboard on on what um, what he was saying outside of that sphere that had to do with Danielle Smith. No, absolutely I'm, not. And I want to make my views extremely clear at this point. I do not agree um, with the Mr. Pulowski's views on homosexuals, the LGBT community. Um, just because I disagree with his views does not mean that he does not have some extremely important and relevant things to say. Right. Especially and, pertaining to the UCP. Yeah, I'm not even sure if what he described Danielle Smith doing is a crime or not. What was the exchange? I, maybe I didn't catch it right. What was the exchange for um, for him parachuting into a riding? What did she want from him? Basically, she wanted him to uh, not uh, shit talk the government, the UCP. He was supposed to, uh, I imagine he was supposed to go on the leash. But uh, regardless of, of, of how you feel about his views, whether you're for or against them, um, a person like that, when they're not useful to the UCP, they'll put a muzzle on them. So uh, that was yeah. probably the entire reasoning behind that. If I do have him on blackboard, I promise I will only talk about... Um you know, gay rights and uh, global warming, because that should be a fun episode. Because <laughs> he, he doesn't see... Look, I mean, I personally think that that uh, um, certain views on the LGBT community are deplorable. He I think some, that he, human he beings who are born... Yeah, he said some things that are pretty... Like, he compared, uh, I think, homosexuality with having sex with animals. Um, you know, like, he is... Yeah, he, he, according to one of our viewers, um, he's... In a, he did an interview in Polish where he described himself as a gangster at one time, um, you know, and Douglas. Had well, a how can of, you? Yeah, I mean, you, you've got UCP candidates who compare trans kids to to shit in cookies, yeah. for God's sakes. Yeah. So those are the kinds of, you know, I, and so I just wanted to let the audience know it's not like David was like co-signing those views. This interview was about an election day story that circled around Danielle Smith. So I just don't want people to sort of paint you with a brush that says that you're an apologist for like an anti-gay guy or whatever. You know, like I don't want people to think that, you know. I'm not an apologist for anybody. I do like to hear people's views, though. Yeah. Um, my views are out there and I've stated them. Uh, my views on the LGBT community, I believe that uh, that they are a marginalized community that have been brutalized for decades and have every right to be happy and free and to live the dream of being a Canadian citizen. And, and I think that anybody who seeks to take that away from them, um, I, I believe that that is an evil individual. That is my belief. Yeah. Also, we don't want to screw up your Pantene Pro V sponsor that should be up and coming any second now. So, you know, I think that the, <laughs> they're going to want you to be pro gay. Um, no, but there how do you go. think? How do you think that went? This is your first podcast. This is your first episode. Other than the audio trouble, um, how were you happy with how it went with Mr. Pulowski, or what would you change, if anything? I think that he is such a uh, fascinating character, and he is. If people will step back and look at things unemotionally, they'll see how um, individuals such as himself and other freedom movements were used and and discarded and how that's the real heart of the matter we need to understand that the alternative um, that is being offered is no alternative at all in fact it is it is nothing more than another criminal organization that is correct okay um i don't know how you're going to sign off the podcast but you want to just, <laughs> usually I'm not here. Well, I'm going to say, join us on our next episode of The Fixed. We haven't uh, we haven't figured out uh, who we're going to have on yet or which direction we're going to go. But until then, tally-ho. And we are going to, just for this first episode, until we can get David uh, um, an account that, that disperses the podcast all, it's going to be 
under the blackballed name i'm going to disperse it out through my normal channels and also david's spotify as well and then by the time david puts out another episode he will be linked with an account like that and then he will just put uh, it out wherever you find your podcast and just look for the fix with david wallace i was about to outro you but that's your job so see you later (laughs) well ladies and gentlemen we are on the way uh the fix is up and running Again, a few bugs that we need to work out, and uh, I hope you enjoyed, or at least uh, we'll have some food for thought after today's interview with Mr. Uh, Pulowski, um, a complex individual, and certainly one of the linchpins in one of the most contentious election cycles we've seen in decades. Thank you for joining me, and I look forward to seeing you soon. Hi, I'm Mercedes Nickel, four-time Winter Olympian and host of Dropping In, a podcast with Mercedes. This is a podcast where I interview a bunch of different people. I get the good, the bad, and the ugly, as well as I share my stories along the way. Now you can drop in at droppingin.com or subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and YouTube. I'll see you soon. I'm Connie Teeson, the host of Broadcast Dialogue, the podcast. We focus on Canada and the challenges facing Canadian radio and TV, as well as highlighting those moving the industry forward from podcasting and streaming to new broadcast tech. Check us out at broadcastdialogue.com or your favorite podcast app.